Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Simple Tech Talk, where we take what can be considered complex and break it down into easy to understand language. And it's always fantastic to have the one and only Sierra Flythe right back in the studio. How you been, Sierra? Oh, I've been doing great, Joey. Thanks for having me. Of course. Last week, we got an email about a story that's been dropping in the tech community. Apparently, cookies are going away. Yep, that's what I've heard. They're on their way out. I hope not the oatmeal raisin ones, because those are my favorite. Oh, I like Samoa's. But these are different cookies, right, Sierra? These are quite different. Not as yummy. You know, this show is dedicated to unpacking what might be considered complex. And we never want to assume that everybody knows everything, because nobody knows everything. So, a quick debrief on cookies. Sierra, what exactly are cookies in context for computers and tracking and such? Cookies are these small files. Uh, they're downloaded to your computer when you visit a website. So they can store your activity, uh, your preferences, and they can be used when you visit the website again. They can also be used by third parties to track where you've been during that time, which has brought about a lot of privacy concerns. Yeah, stuff like GDPR and CCPA. And acronyms can get tricky. So in case we forgot, GDPR stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. This is especially popular in Europe. And we mentioned the CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act. That one was signed into law in June of 2018. All of these recent mandates focus around privacy concerns. So let's back it up a bit and give some context. You know, I remember in 2016 when that Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal raised a lot of concerns about privacy, right? Yeah, concerns like what data was collected from us and who was it collected by? How was it handled? And these kinds of questions and concerns were the catalyst for regulations like GDPR and CCPA. Both of these privacy mandates are huge, right? They're huge both for brands and consumers. These mandates created some major changes from some of the brands that we know and love. Yeah, Facebook made changes, Google made changes. Uh, there was the removal of third-party cookies from browsers, which was super important. Um, Safari blocked them in 2017 and Firefox followed soon after. Chrome, which accounts for 60% of browsing, is right on their heels about to go cookieless as well. So the question that all of us are asking, is advertising going cookieless? The answer is yeah. So the next question is, how can advertisers win without cookies when tailored advertising is the goal? And that's what cookies help provide up front to these mobile browsers and web apps. Yeah, I think what they've realized is that over time, it's better to get the information from the source. First party data is the way to go. You have to get the user's permission. You get the user to give you their information. And not only are you making sure that you have more correct forms of information, but you're making sure that they feel safe in knowing that what you're gonna do with it, how you're gonna use it, and it prevents any legal recourse from not being clear and upfront in the beginning. Clear and upfront, that's clear and upfront, operative words, transparency. That's what it's all about with consumers and brands. Third-party data is a collection that's sold from an aggregator to a brand. It's not necessarily reliable either because it comes from a ton of different channels. Second party data is not quite as bad, but there's still a sale involved. You see, if you want my data, you'd have to go to the brand or organization that has it and then buy it from them. So still, there's a transfer of information without my permission per se. 
So it's still not transparent and clear. That's why first party data stands out. It's my data given from me to those who I elect to receive it. This is a pretty generalized overview of the differences between first, second, and third party data. And I always love when brands understand me based off of the information that I provide them up front. There's no guessing involved. They know me as an individual. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to receive ads for high-heeled shoes when they're a 40-year-old man. Uh, well, I mean, at least not that I know of. That, that came to the wrong house. That, that wasn't my... Uh... <laughs> We talked a lot about why cookies are going away. So now more than ever, mobile apps can benefit from this reality, right? After all, whenever we download an app, we get to decide what we share with that mobile app, whether that be our name, email address, birthday. The more information that we share, the more that they can tailor a campaign based off of who we are as individuals. And with things like the GDPR and the CCPA, it actually gives uh, consumers that extra incentive too to know that they're protected, that the, the information they're choosing to give is only going to be used in the way that they're transparently told. So let's isolate some objections up front because there are certain apps on my phone who I have not given permission to use my location or to send me push notifications. The deal there is that that was my choice. What Cookies presented was somewhat of a deceptive practice of a bait and switch. Knowing my location, knowing my browsing history, sometimes not explicitly with my permission and for reasons that aren't specifically clear. And transparency and candor in any relationship is paramount. The highest cost in any consumer to business relationship is trust, right? Once that's lost, it's so difficult to get back. And if we're talking finances, Third-party data is way more expensive than that of first-party data. And as we mentioned, first-party data is straight from the source, the end user, the app user, your actual customers. Exactly. I mean, there you could go to a website, have cookies that are downloaded, and it follows your trail for months, knows everywhere you went, every site you went on, how you interacted online. And then when you go back to the site, now it's ready to serve you up information that you might not have been prepared to receive. It might not have even been you on that computer. And now... Now I end up with high heels at my front door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's throw some curveballs here because there are always gonna be objections and tough questions and we'd love to field those. One question that we get all too often on social media inboxes, at Board Active and at Simple Tech Talk Podcast. So what happens if a mobile app user initially elects to not receive push notifications. How is a mobile app gonna benefit from them? Well, that's where it comes into play. Apps need to invest in services that provide more value to their customers. They need to be able to give them an incentive for opting into those permissions. So, I mean, if you're just saying, hey, you, I'd like to have your location, you're probably not gonna get it. But if you say, hey, I'd like to have your location so that way I can know what stores you like to shop at and send you coupons you'd like to use. I'd be a lot more quick to say yes. That's an awesome perspective from the consumer side. And brands can benefit also by working with platforms that value and leverage first party data in a correct way. Essentially, it's all about give and take. When we're talking about mobile apps, it's all about the SDKs therein. The mobile apps that we know and love and download and use all have several SDKs. And what do these SDKs do? Well, they provide different functionality and purpose within the app. 
So Sierra, you understand the value of working with a software company that understands privacy concerns and has built a platform around those concerns. Definitely, I wanna be able to give my customers the personalization they deserve. But at the same time, I wanna know that they are protected as well as I want to protect them even when I'm using uh, another service. We also get the question all too often of, well, why should I have an app, right? I just have one or two locations. Well, as you know, cookies being eliminated is gonna make it slightly more difficult for brands and businesses to reach their customers. And what better way than to reach them on the go? After all, everybody has a computer sitting right on their hip in their mobile device. Yeah, and apps are not as inaccessible as they used to be. It doesn't take hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a full mobile app and marketing campaign going. You can actually find templates online for a few thousand dollars that build you a mobile app within a week or two. Then there's the question, well, how do I get people to download my app? I had the hardest time getting app users. Well, what's the value that you're providing? And are you keeping it accessible for people? I don't know about you, Sierra, but whenever I'm in line, I'm on my phone. And if I'm on my phone, that's a great opportunity for brands and businesses to get me to download an app. It could be something as simple as opening up my camera app and pointing it at a QR code. Yeah, I mean, I just went to a sub shop today where as I'm walking past the cooler ordering what I want, it says download our app for 10% off. So you know what I did, Joey? You downloaded the app for 10% off. I downloaded their app. <laughs> so whenever there's a shift in trends and privacy, People get nervous, right? And this is natural and that's okay, but don't take this shift in advertising and be discouraged by it. Take the ad blocking trend, for example. Sierra, you remember several years ago, digital ad firms thought they were toast, but they found a way around it and they came up with innovative plans to combat this and they came out on the other side intact. Yeah, there's definitely still a, a way to have your cake and eat it too. You can get your marketing incentives across without having to step on toes. It's all about creating the right experience for everyone. And furthermore, it's about working together to provide a GDPR and CCPA compliant experience that still provides that tailored advertising that engages consumers and extends their life cycle. Yes, cookies were creepy. Nobody wants to be followed that closely. But with first party data on the rise, I can say that I'm gonna get the personalized experience that I want without the stalker. And let's be honest, there are absolutely no excuses for failing to reach the target audience in today's day and age. It's about meeting people where they are with something that they actually want. I don't know about you, Sierra, but not only do I want deals, I want respect. Definitely. So to sum it up, it's about leveraging first party data responsibly and respectfully and working with a software company that gets it. One such company is Board Active. They have offices in Atlanta, Georgia, New York, New York, and in London, England. Check them out online, boardactive.com. Sierra, I absolutely love thought leadership content, and Board Active offers a ton of that, both in the audio and written forms. Yeah, just go to boardactive.com. Till next time, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at boardactive.com and follow us on the socials. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.